0: Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, September 14th. Today on the show, we've got our top four in college football and what took place in week two around the SEC. Some love for the Vanderbilt Commodores' performance on Saturday evening, but we begin with Jonathan Hutton of Outkick 360 on what the Titans can get fixed in week number two. The 440, it's brought to you by the Kingston Group. The Kingston Group is the only name you need to know if you're thinking about doing major work on your home. They'll give you all the information. They have a trusted process. They've been doing it for over a decade in Nashville. They're award-winning. They're locally owned. And they know how to set you up for success when it comes to making decisions about your home. Kingston Group, buildkg.com is the website. All right, so some quick just initial thoughts about Peyton Manning and Eli Manning Doing a broadcast during Monday Night Football. First of all, they are fantastic. They're amazing. Of course they are. That's what we expected. It's very difficult to actually watch the game and follow the game with what they're talking about. I know they're trying to combine the two, but it's basically a three-hour radio show, and I think I'd rather just listen to a three-hour radio show with Peyton Manning and Eli Manning However, they brought on Charles Barkley, and the very first question they asked Charles Barkley, so Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Charles Barkley, three of the biggest names in American sports history, are doing an interview on Monday Night Football, and the first question is asked of Charles Barkley is, who do you have money on tonight? And my thought is, what a world that we live in, and why did it take us 30, 40, 70 years to admit that we just want to talk about gambling, and that gambling is okay, as long as you know, you know when to stop. Just like booze or anything else in the world that we consider a vice. And then there, he, he he talks about how he's he broke even on Sunday night with the Rams, and so he's playing with house money on Monday night. Like this is not taboo. It's not that big a deal. Again, I wish the broadcast itself was actually just like a radio show or a podcast with Eli and Peyton talking about football. But it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. I will check it out again. It does drone on a little bit, and it's tough to watch the game. So if you want to watch the game, you still probably need a professional play-by-play crew to actually follow and watch the game. If it was my favorite team, I would not be watching. But because I don't care at all about the Ravens or the Raiders, I checked it out. I enjoyed it. They were entertaining. It was solid. And you know what? Oh, my God. that We talked about gambling, and nothing else happened. It was fine. The whole world continued to spin on its axis appropriately. Imagine that. All right, let's get to Jonathan Hutton of Outkick 360. I asked him, how many games does he need to pass judgment on Todd Downing, the new offensive coordinator? Where and what is he concerned about with the defense? But we started on offense and what he thinks can be corrected and will be fixed and what he thinks is a long-term problem for the Titans in 2021.
1: Well, right now, just from the jump, the issues that will linger is the offensive line for me, Braden, um, with the pressure that we saw that was placed on Ryan Tannehill. And surprisingly, at least for me, from the left side with Taylor Lewan. you know, I, I wonder if he's mentally back from the, the knee injury. Uh, physically, he's been cleared, but it did not look like he was up to par uh, against some of the, the league's best. And, and we saw what happened. Uh, with, with all of this, with, with Jones. I mean, Chandler Jones is, is in a contract deal, and we know how that's going in Arizona. Five sacks speaks for itself, three against LaJuan. Chandler Jones also played in only five games last year, and he came out and was ready to go. Lawan was not ready to go. And then on the right side, they're starting David Questenberry, who is a good backup. He is not a starting right tackle. Um, I think we've kind of glossed over that a bit because LaJuan was coming back on the offensive line. If he's not ready to go mentally this week in Seattle, the offensive line issues linger. The The timing and the rhythm of the offense is going to be fixed, though, if they find protection up front, because they're actually going to practice and play together a bit more. AJ and Julio will be fine to me. Uh, the run game will be fine. It's the offensive line where I have the most concern offensively.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and I think depth along that offensive line is something that I think if you watch practice at any point this, not this good. camp – it, we, we saw it coming um, defensively. I, I, they're, they're more talented. They're younger. They're more athletic. Is it just Kyla Murray? Is it just Deandre Hopkins and some special players doing special things or, or is there a bigger concern there? I don't know. Uh, you know,
1: I don't know how much of it was getting in the whole 10 nothing and what they dictated and, and did defensively from there. That's to be determined for me. I, I do think they're better on defense. But I have I, – I fully admit I have nothing to base that on. I, I just – I mean, you know, they, they can't be much worse, I guess is what I'm saying. And they, they have to be better defensively. I, I think they will get better pressure on, on the passer. I think they'll be able to defend the pass better. But that's only until Caleb Farley actually plays. I mean, it's ridiculous that their first-round pick isn't ready to play but is ready to play when it's 38-13 on the scoreboard in week one. Uh, aside from that, I want to see Bud Dupree. I want to notice him. I thought Harold Landry was fine yesterday uh, on Sunday against the, the, the Cardinals. And, and beyond that, maybe it is just Kyler Murray running, but they're, they're facing Russell Wilson this week. So it's kind of more of the same. And the Seattle Seahawks average one more yard per play than the Cardinals did in week one. So technically they're more explosive than the offense they just faced.
0: Yeah. So super. Yeah. Um, I think the, the question people are asking, I think most media and fans that are asking about the coaching staff is the wrong question. I think the question I should, I would like to know from you is how many games, how long do you need to figure out whether or not Todd Downing is a factor or not? How long is it before you can start to say, I think this is part of the solution and or the problem.
1: It's one or two more games. It's not long because here's the area where Arthur Smith was really good. He he was great at scoring points and he was good at getting his quarterback in rhythm and getting, you know, he had players around him. Todd Downing should fall right in line with LaFleur and with Arthur Smith and where he should be out of the mouths of the national media for head coaching potential, but because of what he's inherited, but we're going to find out pretty quickly braden because they're going to face seattle and indian back to back weeks and what they did on first down against arizona spoke volumes it was 24 to 6 and i looked up their first down plays -3 minus -1 minus 2 yards -6 minus -1 minus incomplete pass 2 yards they actually gained 11 yards on first down believe it or not incomplete pass and then no gain if they are going to start behind the sticks and not get into any rhythm, to me, that tells me they're very predictable on first down and they're not really scheming up very much coming out of the gate in the first quarter like we see teams do and teams come out of the gate firing on all cylinders. We'll know pretty quickly on that. Arizona, excuse me, Arthur Smith uh, did that very well with his offense, and, and he adjusted to things. We didn't see any of that in week one, but, again, it's it's one week. I do think we the, we we can determine some things in the first month of the season.
0: Hut, Always a pleasure, man. Good to talk to you. Uh, we'll be listening. Uh, we'll be watching. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you, Brayden. Always great to be on.
0: With all the giant storylines coming out of Nissan and Neyland Stadiums over the weekend, I did not have any time on Monday's show to discuss what happened late on Saturday night in Fort Collins, Colorado. As a touchdown underdog to Colorado State, Vanderbilt completely changed their early season narrative – with a game-winning field goal with just 19 seconds left in the 24-21 win. Ken Seals scored three times and was solid enough. The box score wasn't great, and the Rams are not going to be one of the better teams in an improved Mountain West Conference. But the win was a massive step up from the worst performance anyone has ever seen by an SEC team in week number one. So in theory, after a roller coaster first two weeks, the Commodores and Clark Lee are probably right where we expected them to be, one and one and an improvement on last season already. And while there wasn't dramatic improvement on the field and the speed and the talent didn't all of a sudden magically get better in one week, you cannot overstate what success, an actual victory, means for that program and those kids inside that room that are right now at rock bottom and trying to fight their way back to relevancy. Vanderbilt will host Stanford on Saturday evening at 7 p.m. on ESPNU and opened up as an 11-point underdog against the Cardinal who, by the way, just smoked a ranked good USC team in surprising fashion. We shall see if Lee and his team can build on what they were able to accomplish late on Saturday night. Let's get to week number two in the SEC and the top four, because it's a Tuesday. You guys know that. Top four Tuesday. Number one... Huge wins by some teams in the bottom half of this league. You, you look at Arkansas absolutely destroying Texas. That is a statement win by Sam Pittman and a, hey, we're going to be relevant in the SEC West kind of statement from them. Uh, then you look at Mississippi State as well. They were an underdog at home. They have a nice victory, not nearly as dominant as Arkansas. So maybe in terms of which team could challenge and be more dangerous in the West, I think Arkansas clearly with a far bigger performance in the West. And Kentucky, the Wildcats, able to run the football for over 300 yards. They have the best collection of skill players they've maybe ever had. Will Levis, the quarterback at Kentucky, had another solid performance in a win over Missouri planting a flag in the sec east early with florida hosting alabama this weekend maybe picking up a loss kentucky has a chance to thrive and to challenge georgia this season i've been all over kentucky's jock all summer long i need them to pull through for me and they had a huge win in week number two now let's get to the top four my top four in college football number one alabama number two georgia no change there for me Number three, Clemson. They scored 50 points this weekend in a blowout. The offense is going to be fine. Most teams that play Georgia are going to struggle, so I still think Clemson is a top-four team. They're going to roll through the ACC. And, of course, number four for me, Oklahoma. I would have Oregon, Ohio State, Iowa, and Texas A&M right after them. But I would put Oklahoma now into the top four along with Clemson, Georgia, and Alabama in that order. Your top four after just two weeks of college football. You want to know who brings you this podcast every single day for free so that you can listen to it in your earbuds? The Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. They are a trusted, award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm that you should talk to at any point. If you're even just thinking about doing some work on your home, now is the time to talk to them, get all the information, make a great decision about your home, make a little money about your home, and be happy in your home. BuildKG.com is the website. Remember the name, The Kingston Group. Thank you guys all for listening. My name is Braden Gall. Please share the show. It is greatly appreciated. This has been The 440 for Tuesday, September 14th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media. Written and produced by Braden Gall. Music by William Tyler.